0: What's up, everyone? On our plate this week, should you be worried that Final Fantasy Rebirth was not at the PlayStation showcase? Street Fighter VI breaks records. It's insane. We find out why League Championship Series was delayed. Netflix is getting serious about making AAA games. And should you play Street Fighter VI, even though you haven't played the last installment? All these and more on Season 7, Episode 22 of Press X to start Gamers Digest. host dj aka <laughs> aka i know i sound a little funny aka three fighter six we're gonna talk about that i am joined by oh yeah it's me Haver. awesome uh now you know who we are yes this is a cozy too uh sean couldn't make it because he had no idea when the spider man movie ended so he has to live with some mistakes Mm-hmm. Press X Star Gamers I just is a video podcast that can the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you We are live on YouTube every Sunday at 3pm Eastern Standard Time Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video subscribing to the channel and hit the notification bell If you are listening, we greatly appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast service you are currently tuned in on If you want to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressx 2 Discord With that being said and all that stuff out the way, we can get into the gaming news. All right, number one. This comes from Ethan Thach from Kotaku. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth devs promise it is still on track despite missing the PS5 showcase. So, this was one of the things that, again, the PlayStation showcase, not the best, and there was a lot of games that. a lot of people was expecting they were missing, still missing. We still have no idea where they're going to come. One of those games, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. So, the devs pretty much made a Twitter a tweet saying that development is progressing smoothly and according to plan. We are currently working on nailing down a release date for the game. So, the last time they showed this game, they gave a release date of next winter. But that was in context of showing last year, so 2022. So that should be this winter. But winter is very much so a loaded term because it starts in December, like 21st, and then it goes into next year. So they kind of have themselves a cushion to possibly put this out early next year and also still say like, oh, yeah, it's going to come this year. So it's kind of a weird thing where they don't know exactly. We don't know when this game is going to come
1: out. Um, how, how do you feel about this, Avery? Because I have some thoughts. I have nothing to say. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't expecting this to be at the, sh- at the showcase to begin with. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I feel like I, I, don't, I just don't know if it's necessary that they need to say, like, we're nailing that release date if they're not really trying to get it out this year because they're going to have Final Fantasy 16 and that is shaping up to be a really good game that is going to do very well so it's like what's the rush of putting out two final fantasy games in one year so in my mind like i'm i feel like this game is going to come out for the fact that they are you know reassuring the fan base that like oh yeah like everything's going well like you don't have to worry so it just it feels weird like i feel like that tweet wouldn't be necessary if the plan was for that game to come out next year. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Number two. This is Street Fighter 6 news. Street Fighter 6 has already broken a major Steam fighting game record. This comes from Logan Plant from IGN. Uh, so, this is cool. Again, these are Steam numbers. Give and take. There is what it is. But right now, what it is, Street Fighter 6 has hit 66,000 plus thousand concurrent players. And like that's insane for literally the first day. Um, right below that, we have Mortal Kombat 11, which is at 35 plus thousand units. Tekken 7 is at 18. Mortal Kombat X at 15. Street Fighter 5 at 14. So this is really cool. This is really good news. Street Fighter 6 is a great fighter. It was shaping up to be a great fighter. It is built off Street Fighter, which a lot of people play. It's a very popular fighting game. So these numbers. Aren't necessarily surprising for me, especially with how good Street Fighter Six is. I'll have more to talk about that in our what we've been playing section. But yeah, you no know Street Fighter Six for you? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. But yeah, it's just good to see that this game is doing well, and it it's very much so deservedly really so. I just can't wait to see what happens for Mortal Kombat One and possibly Tekken 8 if that comes out this year. So this year is shaping up to be a really strong year for fighters. And just a really strong year for games in general. All right. Number three. Jericho
1: Avery. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, This is a story from gamesindustry.biz. This is from Mary DeLessandre. League championship series delayed following conflict between Riot and Players Association. This is an esports story. So everyone, if you don't give a shit about esports, I don't know, dip for about five minutes. No, 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 no. Still stay. Still stay. Okay? I mean... We're live, so giving for five minutes would be the story being skipped. And if if they're listening to the VOD, then they can just skip five minutes. Either or, Uh, true. Uh, yeah. So the LCS is League League's esports circuit. It is Riot's official sanctioned esports circuit. Recently, okay, I've I've talked about a couple of times during the show how esports is in a weird spot, and that. Esports is like NFTs and crypto in that they are speculative money burns where like it's really, really hard to make profit from it. Some people do. and A lot of people invest in it on understanding that it will make money eventually. And the salaries of League of Legends players in particular are somewhere on average upper than 40K a month. So esports teams spend a lot of money on, league, on like league of Legends teams in particular, and one of the stipulations in Riot's official uh, agreement with esports organizations is that they also have to have a, an academy team to fill in the NACL, which is the uh, uh, North American Challengers League for League of Legends, which is essentially their tier two, their minor leagues. So every org who's in their franchising league had to have a tier one team where they're paying upwards of 40K a month, and they also have to have a challengers team where they have to spend, let's just say, conveniently upwards of 10 a month. The idea of the NACL is that it's supposed to be a farm league. It's supposed to be where young talent is found and is molded and is able to move up to the higher ends. Unfortunately, I, I didn't mention it before, N.A. League of Legends is dead in that N.A. has never won. League of Legends is going on over 8 to 10 years now. And North America has never won a title in fact the closest we ever got was like semi-finals but we've never won an international tournament so it's like Yikes. NA teams are building talent by poaching it from other areas so you get a lot of European imports a lot of Korean and Chinese imports playing North American Valor I'm not sorry North American League of Legends all of that to say tier 2 the minor leagues aren't doing their job as being a way to find talent it's essentially becoming a retiring ground for players who want to keep getting paid after they failed out of tier one, the major leagues. And the orcs trying to save money went to Riot and said, hey, we don't want to have these teams anymore. Like it's way too much money and we're making zero money from it. You are making zero money from it. We should probably get rid of this. And Riot surprisingly uh, said, "I right, sure. So they removed the stipulation that all these organizations have to have a minor league team. The unfortunate thing is they removed that stipulation A week or two before the minor leagues are supposed to start so about 70 people lost their jobs abruptly as all the orgs essentially just pulled out at once leaving the entire tier 2 scene in shambles when the LCS was started a riot helped foster a players union in order to protect players wisdom is that they wanted this to be uh, all advantage of good faith but they never wanted it to actually have any information so the players of the players' union saw that 70 members of their organization were just laid off, essentially, and said, hey, oh, fuck this. They organized, uh, came to Riot with a list of demands, and said, hey, if you don't meet those demands, we're going to strike. Uh, they went on strike. So I'm pretty sure this is the first real esports-related union strike. Uh, Riot, in response, and this strike also affects the major leagues. This is not just the minor leagues. It is the major league players saying, what happened to the minor leagues? Is not what we're going to stand for and striking. Uh, Yeah, well, we'll get to there. So Riot said that, okay, if you're going to do that, uh, LCS is still important to us. So we're going to remove all the restrictions for orgs to sign players. So essentially they're like, hey, if you are a gold three player, you can play now in the league scene if you want, because we want, we just want this tournament to go out. Uh, the players' union was strong enough to say no scabs, and no one, the orgs weren't able to get any uh, replacement talent. And so quick, getting, what what is a scab? Because I've seen that term
0: before. And I, I, don't, that I
1: don't exactly know the like the exact origin of it, but essentially a scab is a person who ignores a picket line to get the bag. Essentially, when a person vacates their job as a union, the job is still there. And a scab is someone who will take money to fulfill that job and undermine the actual collective bargaining of a union or something like that.
0: So, are they, like, outside the union? Yes. Is that, that, oh, okay. okay. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. So, essentially, uh, for example, like, if you and your job unionized and walked out because you were upset about something the organization was doing, a scab would be the person uh, who's not in your union, who your job then hires to do your old work. Gotcha. Yeah. And probably because of desperation, they're probably going to get paid more. So, it, mm-hmm. it sucks. Uh, yeah. They couldn't find these scabs. The players are on strike. Uh, the current LCS was supposed to start for the, the current split. Uh, the previous Thursday, right? Then came out and said, okay, we are going to postpone for two weeks on LCS activities. However, if this strike doesn't end in two weeks, we are canceling the entire split and North America won't get a spot at Worlds. Wow. So wow. they're in an interesting place right now because from a union perspective, they're doing the right thing for the players and everything like this. But Like, Riot doesn't need the LCS. Right. Most esports are just marketing for their uh, respective games. So, like, League of Legends is, like, over 10 years now. They don't need the LCS in order to market themselves. And as a direct result, I think Riot is prepared and willing to just cancel the LCS. They have Valorant. It's popping off. Focus all that energy on Valorant and the rest of uh, the League of Legends ecosystem and just let NA die. Because what's probably going to happen is if this happens... I think most players on signed contracts at Tier One orgs are also going to lose their jobs because they're going to be getting paid to do nothing for about yeah, right. six or seven months. And so, it, this is this is the most interesting thing I've seen uh, when it comes to esports. Hence why I brought the story up. Uh, whether it's resolved, I don't know. I also don't know in whose favor it's going to get in resolved for. I do know the players have absolutely no power in this situation. and It would only be out of, like, weird corporate goodness that Riot acquiesces to their demands, which aren't a lot, but does require Riot to essentially put more money and energy than they're willing to do, especially in the minor leagues of League of Legends.
0: Hmm. Yeah. That just... That sucks when... I mean, yeah, because like the, the union is doing what it's supposed to do, fighting for the players, but then Riot is just looking at the bottom line like we don't... we're fine here. We don't really need to bend to your will. which sucks. Yeah.
1: So... Yeah, we'll see what's going to happen with that going forward. Our next story is from BGC. This is from Tom Ivan. Former God of War art director joins Netflix to work on an original AAA game. So Raph Brissetti, who was one of the art directors at Sony Santa Monica, you might know him from his various Twitter posts of high-detail 3D renders of various comic book and uh, cartoon characters mm-hmm. as if they were in a video game. Uh, he recently left Sony Santa Monica. God of War or Ragnarok has already come out. Whatever the studio is doing, it's probably not God of War related in the immediate, which probably is going to, what I'm assuming is going to be the uh, the Corey Barlog original game is what's up on deck next. So like, he's worked on the last couple of games. I think he's looking for a new adventure uh, yeah. and he's recently joined Netflix games, which makes it interesting is The caliber of art director that he is, as far as I'm aware of, is not indicative to small indie games. It's indicative to big AAA experiences. So this is very much a thing of, oh, Netflix is actually pretty serious about making games. And then to add another interesting wrinkle to this, remember when uh, Oxenfree 2 was announced on Mm -hmm. every platform but Xbox? Yep. This is gonna be an interesting thing. If they're now making AAA A games and they actually see Game Pass and Xbox in its current state as like actual competitors, then whatever game this is going to be, of whatever quality it is going to be, is just not coming to Xbox unless Microsoft makes some insane deals.
0: Yeah, that's a good connection though. But yeah, like seeing him leave Santa Monica has been like kind of crazy to me because I've followed him on IG from like at this point in years. And like all of this stuff is just so just inspirational it's just he just creates great art so to see him join netflix like that got me pretty excited for whatever netflix is creating and like i didn't think i would say those words i just didn't think that was gonna be a thing so it's wild that they are being this serious i just really hope like his talent doesn't go to waste and they don't end up Pulling the Amazon, where it's just like. Well, I
1: website. I very much think this is going to be a Google Amazon. Well, more of a Google than Amazon because Amazon's still oh, making games. Yeah, yeah. I was that, thinking Google, but I said Amazon. And if they're making AAA games, that means they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars. And I've said this multiple times. I've gotten into arguments about this podcast. Netflix doesn't really make money. They don't. Yeah. They're a red company where a lot of their money comes from them drawing further investment to get into the black because they have to spend all of their money to maintain the level of content that they put out. And their content is very quantity over quality. I will say for every one Stranger Things you get 10 other shows that only people who are like perpetually online Netflix will watch. Because everyone else looked at them and says, oh, this doesn't look like a real show. This looks like a show that you would see on a, as a fake Netflix show on television. Yeah, it looks like a That's filler TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, my big concern is that, okay, this game he's going to be working on, we're not going to see this for four to five years. Is Netflix willing to sit there and burn money for four to five years on a product that we've seen with Oxenfree that they're selling games. So, like, they're actually acting as a publisher and they're selling it. And they're not just game-passing it. They're actually trying to Sell these games. So I'm like, are they willing to make this risk? And how many other games are they working on in this manner?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think common sense, and I I shouldn't use common sense when we're talking about like giant corporations like this, but like common sense would lead you to believe that if you just watch the industry for, we'll just say for three years, right? There's enough examples, we'll say four years, there's enough examples to enlighten you that like, if we're going to make a game, we need to be serious about this because if we're not serious about this, we are going to lose a lot of money. And as you said, like Netflix is aware that they aren't necessarily making money. So to take a step into the gaming industry like this in a way of making a triple A game in the generation that we are to know like the level of money, the level of detail, the level of polish that we expect from a triple A game. It is kind of a uh, weird and like what are you doing with your money kind of question to Netflix if they take these steps and just completely fumble the bag. I'm not expecting their first game to be like a nine out of 10. I'm hoping like an eight out of 10. I think that would be pretty good for whatever the studio's like first time AAA game. But yeah, it's just, I was very cautious with their first like announcement about the whole AAA thing, but then seeing them pull, rap it's like okay all right we'll, we'll see we'll see what you really got going on here if like you guys are being this serious so
1: okay so i've done some minor research because i'm still in the businesses make these verticals not because oh they're passionate about this they're oh well, yeah they're interested they, they make money. these verticals they, they see money and they need growth so this is netflix trying to create another avenue to create growth my thing is at a corporate level the person saying that doesn't actually give a shit about games really in that ecosystem so like, who is actually in charge? Uh, it's a man named Robert Barrera who was actively previously at PlayStation for 11 years, and he served as the director of strategy and business planning on PlayStation Now, which seems to indicate to me that he oh. got he got this job because of his relationship with digital streaming, which yeah. tells me that Netflix is at some point going to try and have their own X Cloud uh, yeah. PlayStation Now. Uh, streaming Amazon, uh, yeah google streaming yeah. Part of this, and not just I mean, sell that, games yeah that, made,
0: that makes sense for the netflix platform like I guess it would be like an addition to your netflix subscription to get this game thing but then so like even if that is the direction that gets kind of weird because like alright well you can't just start this whole streaming platform with two games like you're gonna have to have more games than that, so like which
1: that gets, was, which, yeah, which leads yeah. to either Netflix becoming just another of these subscription game services, or like here's fifty something odd games and we're essentially becoming Game Pass, or more realistically, like making a small increase, like a dollar, to your like Netflix subscription. And just having it be a growing thing until they have like a stable of games where they're like, okay, now we can feasibly charge for a long thing. Because now we have a long stable of first party things that we can do. That's a good point, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Before we jump into some Kotech news, because, you know, that's always fun. Hey, you, how you doing? Having a good time? Good. Do us a favor. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel and the notification bell. We need you to do those three things. Just one, two, three. Just those three things, and we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, actually, four. Can you listen to us if you're not already listening to us, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast service you are currently tuned in on? Those four things. That's all we ask. Just the four things. One, two, three, four. That's it. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: All right, Avery. Okay. Our next story is from GamesIndustry.biz. This is from Brendan Sinclair. Kotick blames scandals on a very aggressive labor movement. So I woke up on like a fucking Tuesday to a Variety article with Bobby Kotick's face on top of it, where he goes on to have like his, like, oh, corporate CEO, a misunderstood moment. It is probably the biggest piece of bullshit I've ever read in my entire life. And I'm like, I kind of think worse on Variety as a publication going forward because, like, there's absolutely no pushback to anything this man says. He's just allowed to fucking, like, shoot off the hip shit that, like, any PR company, anyone in PR would say. Well, actually, Activision's PR person is pretty much a uh, sign at the hip at being probably not the best at, like, <laughs> not signing insane. So, this is far for the course. But, long story short, he blames a lot of Activision's troubles. Not on bad things. Like, one of the things he says is, that, hey, all the, like, workplace uh, sexual harassment stuff, all that shit that was reported, we investigated that shit, and we found nothing. But we did find there was a lot of union involvement and labor movements that were trying to make Activision look bad as a company. And that's why we're seeing all this bad press about us. We are fine. We are good. And I'm a great boss. (laughs) Bro. I have never been like, I, I want to make this clear. I have hated Bobby Kodak since I want to say Modern Warfare 2, when that entire Vincent Pella situation happened and it became very clear what type of corporate overlord he was. That if he can't like monetize the game indefinitely and get it out year after year after year, then he doesn't want those games made. And as a result, a lot of good activation titles just got fucking ground to the dust. I, I've hated this man since then. It's one of the core reasons I don't play Call of Duty games at launch mm-hmm. anymore. Beyond not giving a shit about the multiplayer, it's just like I don't I don't feel comfortable with a lot of specifically activated business practices. Right. I, there yeah. is a little hypocrisy because I, I didn't have any problems with Blizzard games. But to be fair to myself, when I hated Bobby Cody at that time and was really a vocal about not liking him, I didn't know i the Blizzard with a thing. So that's on me. But yeah, it's uh this interview just is like pouring kerosene on like a bonfire and then yeah. throwing firecrackers into it, of my opinion, of this man is a piece of shit. And now I'm even more pissed that this man is not going to get any punishment. And that capitalism is going to guarantee that regardless of what's going to happen with his Xbox things, he's going to come out on top. And that is fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it sucks. I think him being such a horrible person to his core makes the whole idea of Microsoft essentially liberating this studio from this guy, like, more palatable. And it's like, I guess the the cynical approach is, okay, is this man just saying this stuff with his full chest, trying to appear as horrible as a person as he can to help push the narrative forward that Activision needs to uh be bought by microsoft or 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 is it just this man saying this stuff this horrible stuff just because it's a tuesday morning and this is what he feels and it's just like either way it's just like man this is just this is just horrible <laughs> but like yeah man it's i i wouldn't even be like yeah i'd suggest you read an article don't even bother it's just this man just saying some crap that's just not true like, the the fact that he is saying that, oh, their investigation that they ran, it's like, yeah, of course, it's the investigation that you covered. So, of course, you're not going to want to look like the bad guy. So, yeah, sure, wh- whatever you say doesn't have any real weight. Also, i yeah. also
1: make a point about that investigation. Some of Bobby Kotick's money was tied up in de- there being nothing found. And that's one of the things that happened. Nothing was found. So, you uh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. Boy. Kotick is a piece of shit. Fuck Bobby Kotick. Uh... I hope Activision Blizzard King fucking burns to the ground. I, I think that that entire corporation is fucking poisoned to the core. And that mm-hmm. what needs to happen is it needs to be broken up. And those individual studios and games and franchises need to go to wherever they can to find good stewardship. Because based on another story, Xbox... I don't think Bobby is the only problem with them. And Xbox Mm. trying Activision Blizzard based on another story is an indicative to me of, oh, we're going to fix some shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Our next story is a Microsoft story. This is from VGC. Uh, this is from Andy Robinson. Microsoft could withdraw Activision from the UK to counter acquisition block, it's claimed. So, yeah, Microsoft is still going hard in the paint for this CMA thing as they continue to get wins in pretty much every other country in the world who has no problem with this deal. But the CMA has still hold strong about, hey, we have a problem with this. Uh, I believe in one of the early reports, they're like, we might have to pull a nuclear action and just like not publish Activision games in the UK. Activision was like, we're going to pull out of the UK entirely. Microsoft was like, we might have to redefine our relationship with the UK in regards to how we release games. And essentially, this pretty much means that they're still going to try and publish Activision games in the UK, but they're going to do that bullshit that happened with Death Stranding, where, like, remember, Death Stranding is a first party PlayStation game. It was released on PC by 505 Games, which allowed them to then put Death Stranding in PC Game Pass. Mm
0: hmm.
1: So essentially, what's going to happen is that activated Blizzard games are just not going to be on Game Pass. So big loss, I guess. I I, I to Game Pass people, uh, that
0: sucks. But well, it won't be on Game Pass for the UK. It will probably be on Game Pass everywhere else. It just won't be available to people on the UK.
1: We'll see. Because as far so, as I, I mean,
0: if they uh, if they can't get uh, Call Duty on Game Pass, I think that's that's a big loss to them. So I would imagine they would do all that they can to like try to get. I Game I, Pass. I, I
1: could be wrong. I generally assume then like when it, when I said they're going to probably not be on Game Pass, I thought it was more of a universal thing because as far as I'm mm-hmm. aware of, there wasn't any regional differences between Game Pass. So that would mean they would have to then spin off their own essentially UK version of Game Pass. And so I just assumed that was what was going to happen. I could be 100 percent wrong. They, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is no. Kidding. Okay. No, yeah, you could continue, continue, continue. I I believe nothing more to say. I like, (laughs) like this doesn't like. I'm not a Xbox like Game Pass Mm -hmm. user or a like main Xbox power user. So this story doesn't really. I have nothing really to say about this. And as someone who's vehemently not anti Game Pass, but just doesn't doesn't see the appeal of Game Pass, like missing out on Call of Duty, missing out on a game on Game Pass. That like I can just buy if I really wanted to buy that game doesn't really disappoint me. So there's very mm-hmm. much an Xbox centric story that I yeah. I have no mu- not much to talk about.
0: I, I will okay. say that like I, I think it really sucks for the you know the the specific UK gamer who is a Xbox person who does like playing Call of Duty and if this whole thing goes through and uh, Microsoft distributes. Call of Duty without Game Pass, so you have to pay $70 for it in the UK, like, that would definitely suck for that gamer because it's just, like, literally I could be saving whatever the difference is between my Game Pass subscription and $70. But I'm not because the CMA is just like, no, I don't think this is okay. But it's okay everywhere else. So, it, like, it's not going to affect me because PlayStation, we don't get that deal. But, like, it just if everything goes through and everything is said and done and UK is still on the opposing side of this and they don't get the same game pass deal as everyone else in the world. Like that's just, that just sucks. And that just feels, I would feel bad for those people who have to spend the extra money on this game. I,
1: okay. Okay. For my Xbox, for my for my haters out there, because I know you there. I've seen I've seen the emails. Uh, 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 don't take offense to this. This is me just going off the top of my head uh, and how I actually perceive this. I'm not feeling bad for you because no one's taking away content from you. If you were a Call of Duty person and playing the Call of Duty, uh, willing to pay for Call of Duty year after year no, after year wait. after
0: year. It's not that they're not no one's taking content away. It's the fact that they don't get to work on the same deal that you know the rest of the world potentially get the
1: work on and it's like and that, i say i still don't feel any i still don't feel bad about that i'm like you're still gonna like like i said call of duty is still being posted in the uk if you were fu- if you were truly fine with spending the 70 dollars on the call of duty experience then outside of missing this deal nothing in your life has changed
0: other than you spend more money on this game than you
1: would have to you're not spending any more money than you would normally spend
0: i don't know I- I, we, we just have different,
1: like. Yeah, like, like I said, I, I, I vehemently am anti subscription to begin with. So, like, right, exactly, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm going to fucking. I'm very pro ownership. So, like, I don't see a world unless there's a dramatically different version of Call of Duty published that's just not on Game Pass that mm. a normal Call of Duty fan who can't get it on Game Pass would miss out on, if that makes sense.
0: So, if it's like a different version of Call of Duty? Yeah. On the game. Okay.
1: Yeah, then I'll be like, "Oh, I I feel bad for you because that's that's fucked up." But like, yeah. if I didn't know about Xbox Game Pass and Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, and I was just gonna buy Call of Duty year after year after year, then like, no part of this has changed my life.
0: Mm. That's actually another thing. Like, I wonder if I wonder if the marketing and like ad stuff would just look different in the UK because i you know if this goes through, absolutely. Like, Microsoft is well, like, going to. Advertise, yeah, exactly. So, if they, what they can't the show up, they can't.
1: No. PlayStation still has a marketing deal with Activision. For oh, Call of Duty. Oh, yeah, so yeah. even if, yeah, even if they wanted to advertise Call of Duty in particular, it had a PlayStation logo in front of it and not an Xbox logo until that deal ends. Gotcha, yeah, but yeah, okay. uh, sucks for Game Pass users in particular. I uh, know Game Pass users in the UK, yeah, this sucks because this is a game that you were expecting not to be able to pay for and get quote-unquote for free and now you won't be able to if this deal goes through as we see it, as i'm expecting it to go through but for the average call of duty fan on xbox now nah, this doesn't change your life game pass fans i feel bad for you and our last story is from bloomberg this is from jason schreier uh, inside the making of redfall xbox latest misfire so uh, Jason Fryer has been on his bullshit for the last couple of weeks and exposing actual deep exposés about video games and where they've gone or where they fucked up. Uh, and we got one on Redfall shortly after his Naughty Dog piece. Uh, the Redfall one, uh, there's not much to say out of the Redfall one because most of my assertions about what happened with this game are proven in this. Uh, the actual only interesting tidbits are that the internal dev teams wanted Microsoft to come in and cancel this game. Microsoft either looked at this game and said, one of the big pieces of the story is that the creative leads of this game were super bullish on it. They're like, we can do this. Uh, they had no idea what the fuck they were doing though. I'm assuming that they took that bullshit to Microsoft, convinced Microsoft that regardless of how this game looks, cause like if the game looked bad now, it had to have looked worse during this acquisition. Oh, yeah. uh, they went to Microsoft and say, "Oh, don't worry, it's gonna be a banger." And Microsoft took that and made it their like uh, set piece closer, of their big major Xbox releases things. So it's very interesting thing in which it was very much a thing where the creative team were going. this were so like, "We either want this game rebooted so we can actually make a good game, or a single player game, yeah, or we want this game gone. It'd be yeah. best if it's gone."
0: Yeah, man. Like this, this is just so unfortunate. Like it, it my, my read on it was that, like, um, a lot of the development, a lot of the early development, because it started in 2018, a lot of the early development was kind of tied into Zenimax and Bethesda Softworks. So when Microsoft came in from after the acquisition, it seemed like it was too far gone in a way where Microsoft was like, all right, well, that's just going to be an L. We're going to focus on Starfield because that's earlier in development. So we can actually put, we can actually have a better say onto the game without wasting money with going backwards, I guess, since so they, would, they would have to do that for Redfall.
1: The development pipelines of these games are incredibly weird in that yeah. we can say that uh, this game was further in line so they couldn't have done anything. But remember, both of these games were supposed to come out last year. That's true. They're, they're that's true. They're, like, there's no world in which microsoft saw this game and then saw what was going to be uh starfield and couldn't give both those teams the effort and energy in order to make those better experiences if that makes sense uh well i
0: know i think the issue was the whole zenimax no
1: I'm not, I'm not i'm not even talking about the Zenimax. i'm just going back to the phil spencer uh, interview a while ago when he's like oh we didn't do anything for Redfall, but we did do stuff for Starfield, and, oh, the, oh. and I'm I'm reading this, and I'm like I'm thinking about those two teams' development pipelines. Both these games supposed to come out last year. Uh, I don't. I, I
0: don't think there was ever a reality where Starfield was going to come out last year. I, I think that was very bullish of them. I, I don't think. They had any full intentions of releasing game. that game, Because that
1: would have been. I, I 100% think they had full intentions of that game coming out, considering how far away they threw that shot. This wasn't a, oh, we haven't heard about this game's release date, and they announced it a couple of months ago, and they got pushed. These are like, the, hey guys, big thing, 11 11 11, oh, we're not going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not hear here there. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Back to the meat of Rightfall. There's not much to say. Truly, like I think everyone should check out Bloomberg uh, specifically this article, and get the full uh, midst of it because there's a lot of interesting things in there. But yeah, uh, it truly sucks to see Arcane. Also, the more interesting thing about this is a lot of the uh, lead devs bullishness was based on the same bullshit that happened to BioWare. Would that had like mm-hmm. the fireware magic will allow us to spend nine years and uh, to not dr. to a certain extent, nine years trying to make a good game and just have garbage for nine years until we get to like the last three months and all suddenly we have a game of the year on our hands. Yeah. That's what they were operating on when they were making this game. Which once again, if everyone in the team was looking at this game was like, Oh, this game is not good, we should probably cancel it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how you're <laughs> you were still that yes, bullish. Man.
0: Yeah, and then there, there's also a quote where, uh, when this game was, was was first being, I guess, um, explained to the other developers, a uh, lot the other developers were kind of confused about the actual premise of this game. Uh, so we were like, wait, this is just a a multiplayer version of an arcane game. Like, it it's, it didn't have a good start, didn't have a good midpoint yeah, to, to that point.
1: We were all everyone when we first saw the trailer was trying to figure out what this game was. I originally yeah. thought it was going to be a Left for Dead type of game. It was eventually yeah. clarified when the, and things like oh, it's like more of a Far Cry. But then you saw guns and loots and like, mm, is this more of a Borderlands kind of a thing? Uh, apparently, they weren't sure what they were doing because certain developers are like, "Hey man, it's a Borderlands type of game." Other developers were told, "Hey man, it's a Far Cry game." And while those games share the same DNA as shooters, they are very much different experiences. It, right shows in this game's development about how all that panned out man
0: i mean you know props to Jason Fryer for like getting us this information we get like a, a really a better idea of like what's happening in the studios but man it's just it's so sad to like have to see this and have to just imagine the developers who are you know trying to make the trying to make games the best they can and it's just like they don't even know what they're making.
1: <laughs> 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 to that point, to that point, you just brought uh, Bob an interesting point, is that Bethesda has apparently had a bad reputation as a studio to work for, just in general, and so they've had a really high turnover. So the team who made Prey only less than... S- about 30% of that team is still at that studio. And most of those people, when they had to start making Redfall, dipped. And they've been unable to keep a... Stable of developers working on this game consistently throughout its development which would probably yeah. lead to a lot of its internal problems. Right,
0: which makes sense. You know, if you have people to to fix the bugs, then the bugs stay. Yeah. So yeah, this is just it's unfortunate. Um, you know, looks like Redfall is said and done, and there will most likely not be a sequel of any sort for that game. Well,
1: fun fact. PlayStation's worst game of this year, for spoken, has more concurrent Steam <laughs> players than Redfall. It also has a DLC.
0: <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that has been the gaming news for this week. Before we end the show, let us talk about the games we have been playing. I, as I said at the start of the show, been playing Street Fighter Six. I've also been playing, of course, uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I'll just do a recap of that real quick. I have completed the first temple. This game is completely amazing. I am completely mind-blown by the, the Wind Temple. I'm not giving any spoilers beyond that. Uh, that was a just great experience. I was very lost at one point, and then everything kind of clicked. And I was like, oh my God, this is cool. And then the actual fight was dope. Um, so, Street Fighter 6*. Backstory, okay? Because I, I played fighting games as a kid. I was a pretty decent Street Fighter. Tekken was my bag, right? So I am a Tekken player at heart, so jumping into Street Fighter was very much so kind of confusing. <laughs> but confusing in a way of, okay, well, in my mind, these are how I do my combos. Street Fighter 6 combos don't really work like Tekken combos. It's, it's a bit slower paced in a way. Um... Overall, I've played about maybe like 10 hours or so of Street Fighter. And I am really, really enjoying the game. Um, for those who don't know, Street Fighter Six is the latest Street Fighter game from Capcom. It has come with three modes. There's a world tour mode, which is a uh, third person over the shoulder, kind of beat em up in the world of Street Fighter where you're going to different cities. And you're learning from the different characters in the roster and they become your friends. You become their best friends. You get stuff from them. But they also teach you their moves and you can create this like custom character with a bunch of different moves from a bunch of different characters. So that's World Tour. Um, then they have the typical arcade mode, uh, team battle, like the offline, like player versus player stuff. right? And then they have the online mode, which is Online players, but play. I did not do the online mode because I did not feel like getting my cheek clapped. So that's what didn't happen there. I did play the arcade mode. Um, I said all this because I have a very very serious gripe with Street Fighter 6 and that is specifically in the character of DJ. Yes, my name is DJ, and there's a character named DJ in the game. He is a very old and classic character. He is a Jamaican character, and this man is voiced by an American actor. I'm not going to bother with his name. Who's not Jamaican. Uh, Anyone who is from any place in the Caribbean, you hear DJ speak, and you're like, who the hell is this man? Where the hell is this man from? Because it's not from Jamaica. It's not from any island that I know of. And it was completely embarrassing to hear this man speak the way he did. And it really pissed me off. I was, I was going to have the conversation with Sean because Sean's also Jamaican, if you don't know. And it is just, this man, the, the actor that played DJ had a beef patty on Cocoa Bread and was like, I am from the islands now. It was just completely just whatever. Okay, that's me ranting. Now to get back on the positive of the game. Uh, I have been playing with a couple of characters. I pretty much started with the new characters, So I played with Kimberly. She's really cool. She's really fast. Don't know how to use her, but she's cool. Um I jumped to Menon. Menon, the French ballerina judo character. She's dope. I, she actually might become like one of my favorites. And then I switched over to uh, Marisa, who is the to me, to me, she is the Street Fighter version of Marduk from Tekken. But she's like this... She's, she's, uh, she's from Greece, right? Yeah. Italy. She's like a, no. Yeah, Italy. Roman yeah. Coliseum. Yes, that's, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, So she's like a, like a gladiator, like, strong woman. And her hair is styled in a helmet. She looks dope. Like, her, her character design is really, is really cool. Um, I've been having fun just playing and learning with the different characters and just learning, like, the new systems of the game. It... For me, it feels like in a way they've it's kind of hard for me, it kind of feels like they're almost tekkenizing street Fighter in the different like techs that you can do in terms of like counter and in terms of like um well actually,' I think it's in a different conversation but yeah it to me it it kind of feels a little tekken, which I enjoy because I love tekken, so it's able it, it's allowed me to learn the game a little better than I would have if it was like. Street Fighter Five or past Street Fighter whatever. Overall, I'm really enjoying this game. Um, if you are wondering if you should pick up Tekken or <laughs> Tekken, <laughs> if you should, if, you're wondering if you should pick up Tekken, you should definitely should pick up Tekken. But if you're wondering if you pick up uh, Street Fighter Six and you haven't played the past ones, I would say yes. I think this game does a very, very good job of teaching you how to play a game, teaching you how to counter specific things in the game and also teach you how to do the different comments for, for the characters. So if you follow those tutorials, you'll be in a very good place once you're done with them. Just give it time. Like that's pretty much what you need to do for any fighting games. Just give it time. So that's where I'm at with tree fighter. Again, Zelda tears of kingdom that eh, shaping it to be my game of the year, man. That is just ugh, so good. But the year's not over, and we have a bunch of games that's going to be out between now and then. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we have a person in the comments that says, "Yeah, that's bad." Are you, are you referring to the technizing of Street Fighter? Because works for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. Have you been playing anything, Avery?
1: I played a little Street Fighter, and okay. then I'm mostly I've. Finally finished United Survivor, and then I'm mm. mostly just trying to finish For Spoken and get that off my plate. Gotcha. Oh, so you did, but you you got the DLC. Uh, no. Oh, just the main. Make- I re- I remember I played For Spoken. Uh, I got through like ten hours of that game. I said it was garbage, and John was like, "No, that's I and kept playing it. And I just stopped talking about it because I like, I I didn't think it was a good game.
0: Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So just to just to correct uh Paul and chat, he was talking about the uh the american accent on dj yes that that is very horrible it is It hurt my face
1: as as oh, someone God. who's had to deal with everyone with a dark skin complexion doing african accents post black panther go fuck yourself yeah <laughs> 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 Hook <I done> forever. ah <laughs>
0: uh, yeah you got a point there yeah you don't oh, get, to get
1: you don't get to get mad at this dude just <laughs> Getting a job and being hired for it if y'all were in there in the streets when I was saying, yo man, these Black Panther actions are problematic. And you're like, nah, man. So <laughs> Africans sound like. <laughs> but like. This is how this is how most Jamaican people sound like to non-Jamaicans. You don't have to deal with it.
0: Oh man. Yeah, man. That 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 broke my brain. Because like it was it was weird because during the promo stuff. Anytime he's on screen, he says something like, all right, that's fine or whatever, but then like playing the, the arcade mode and like because you go through like their different stories or whatever. I was like, wait, this sounds like a different person. Like, what is this? <laughs> oh, jeez. So yeah, you know what? Before we end this, everybody what are you looking forward to in this, in this year?
1: Gaming-wise. Uh, I fucking Final Fantasy. That's all I okay. care about right now. And then right. once I've done, like, I'm going to play and beat Street Fighter at least a single-player mode eventually, but like uh, mm. I think I've indicated a lot on this podcast. I'm not a multiplayer guy. You're never going to see me online fucking ranking. You're never going to see me fucking playing you guys online. I don't really have any fun doing that. Uh, yeah. But uh, I think it's single-player mode looks promising enough as a thing for me to sink my teeth into. I just, like, literally, I had to go to work. Mm. It, like, I pre-ordered it and only realized that I pre-ordered it when Sean was in the chat being like, oh man, it's yeah. Street Fighter. I'm like, oh yeah, I just pre-ordered Let me try it out. And I realized, oh yeah, I have to go to work tomorrow. So I'm like, I couldn't mm-hmm. even really enjoy it. I literally just had enough time to build a character and just like do with that. But yeah. Uh, and yeah. then I'm just, at this point, I'm just doing my backlog and do people questioning whether I will play Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom. I've indicated this to DJ. When I eventually actually beat Breath of the Wild, sure, maybe I'll play Tears of the Kingdom. Like, but I'm still on the point where, like, despite all of its rave reviews and people saying it's the game of the year, I'm like, this game still doesn't look good to me. So, like, I'm mm. not in a rush to play
0: mm. it. I will say, in terms of it looking good, like, it hasn't changed with what it looks like, but I think it does a good job of using its art style to do, like, really, really cool things, and like, pretty much doing the best it can with what it got. But it's just like, there's a moment in the Wind temple that i was just like hey nintendo you, you just did a thing man that is insane that is so insane but yeah um yeah okay okay yeah i, I think final fantasy 16 is going to be a big one for us at least because we're all going to be playing it all of us except for jordan because he has a excellent.
1: Joking. <laughs> <laughs> no I'll, I'll throw some shade at jordan right now <laughs> even a comment about how he hasn't played all oh. just play it (laughs) like if you're super interested and and, like don't wait for it to come to Xbox just play it you own multiple consoles
0: yeah 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 I, I don't even know if he's a Final Fantasy person now I think about it but
1: I don't know either. The only thing yeah. I've ever heard of him indicate about Final Fantasy is when they had that Power Wash Simulator DLC and yeah. he's like, oh man, this is the closest that I'm going to get to play Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake and I'm like, what the fuck are you own a PLA station? Just <laughs> play it there. Fuck, it's cheaper on PlayStation now anyway.
0: <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Alright, well, that's it for us guys um, and gals and days, you know, everyone's included. Yeah, this has been an episode of Press X Star Podcast. We hope You enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Don't forget, you can like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. And the fourth thing you can do, brought it back. Uh, You can, if you're listening, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or podcast services you're currently tuned in on. We thank you for joining us, having a good time with us, talking with us. Um, Yeah. Thank you, Avery.
1: Thank you for being here. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, thank me for doing one. I, <laughs> doing
0: one. I mean, you had like 80% of the news. <laughs> I would thank Sean, but he's not here.
1: Uh, that, that's Sean's fault. He knows what he did. <laughs> and what he did was make us move this podcast to 3 o'clock and then make plans that would <laughs> <laughs> coincide with this podcast at around 3 o'clock. It happens. You're right.
0: It does happen. And you know what will be happening? Us, next week, right here an hour from now, you know, 3 p.m., whatever. Check it out. All right, guys, take care.